You're listening to Hire Through Retire, a health and wealth podcast with FOIA leaders, Bill Harmon and Heather Lavallee, tackling all things from 401ks to HSAs and everything in between. We're talking to the best and brightest in the industry to bring you the latest in health, wealth, and investment trends in the workplace. Come along with us on our journey to help all Americans become well-planned, well-invested, and well-protected. Welcome back to Hire Through Retire, a health and wealth podcast. I'm here today again with my friend, colleague, and co-host, Bill Harmon. Bill, really great to see you again, as usual. Hey, it's great to see you, Heather, and I'm very happy to be back with everyone today. And I got to tell you, I'm really excited about today's guest because, one, he's part of the Voya family, and he's our first ever guest from our asset management business. I'm talking about the one, the only, Paul Zemsky. Paul's the chief investment officer of our multi-asset strategies and solutions for Voya Investment Management. And Paul's a frequent guest and contributor to many, many financial media outlets, including Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg TV, CNBC, and many others. And he provides his insight and outlook on what's going on in today's market. So, hey, Paul, thank you so much for leaving kind of those types of media outlets to join this one right here, our podcast. Thank you. Well, well, thank you, Bill, for the very kind introduction. And, and Bill and Heather, I'm really happy to be here today and, and very much uh, delighted to be part of this podcast. So, you know, we use this term a lot on our podcast, and I, I don't want to be overly repetitive, but we really are operating in unprecedented times. And so whether you're talking about virtual workforce or kind of the return to the new normal, or it could be inflation now or market volatility, there's a lot of change and uncertainty looming throughout our world today. And in light of all of this, can you give us maybe a broad overview of Voy Investment Management's perspective on the current market environment? And how it's shaping the decisions that your team makes on a daily basis. I mean, we certainly understand that volatility is inevitable and expected, but now you weave in this new one with inflation and its current form. And how do you put that all together and make some good decisions? Sure, sure. That's a great question. Happy to uh, to focus on that. So volatility, we do expect volatility markets, you know, uh, every day. That is part of life as being an investor. I think what's caught people by surprise a bit is inflation. Right. A year ago, we were talking about inflation being transitory. It was part of the COVID phenomenon. People were staying home and buying goods instead of services. And you know, we saw prices of things like goods and computers and stuff go up in price. But at the same time, prices of services went down and we expected everything to kind of even itself out over time. Unfortunately, that, that, that turned out not to be the case. And inflation went from uh, more transitory to more persistent. And that's led the Federal Reserve to be concerned. And the Federal Reserve is concerned we need to be concerned because they are going to raise interest rates. And it's their job, right? It's their job to fight inflation. They've told us over time they want inflation to be about 2%. And uh, unfortunately, it's been numbers like 7 8% type inflation numbers, which is just not good for the economy and certainly not good for the consumer. So that is top of mind. What is the Fed going to do? Well, they really only have one tool. They raise interest rates. And, uh, you know, they've been very clear that they're going to do that. And they are going to raise interest rates probably uh, up to about two and a half percent this year from about zero. And when that happens, that uh, introduces a lot of uncertainty to markets. So we see the markets respond by going down in price in the equity market and interest rates rise in the in the bond market. And, you know, normally, uh, Bill and, and Heather, at a conversation like this, we really focus on the equity market. But the real story this year has been the bond market, as you know. 
very, very rare to see the bond market return negative 8%. I mean, that is, uh, I've been doing this now for 35 years. I think I've only seen that one or two times. Negative 8% in, the, in a year-to-date number is a big drop in the bond market. And that's, um, that is, you know, the anchor to win-win in many portfolios. That's been a shock to many investors. Now, fortunately, you know, looking out, I don't see that happening again, right? So we've made a big adjustment to yields. When yields go up, prices of bonds go down. So we've made a big adjustment to yields. We'll see more moderate rises in yields going forward the rest of this year. But the stock market hasn't been immune from this rise in rates. And we're seeing uh, you know, the increase in interest rates and the Federal Reserve talk hitting the equity market as well. The S&P is down about 7%. And I really don't see that changing until we've seen inflation peak, which is probably another two or three months out. And so near term, we're talking very choppy markets, probably not a lot of direction to the equity market, um, but inflation will peak. Uh, the Fed's doing it and also other factors are coming into play. So inflation will peak over the next few months, and I think we'll see better equity returns into the end of the year. Well, thank you. Super insightful. And just, you know, as you kind of talked about what's going on with inflation, the uncertainty, um, the you know, kind of anomalies in, in the bond market, given the rise in, in inflation. A lot of those are very much focused in on the here and now, right? What's in front of us today? But you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't remind our listeners that actually when, when you and your colleagues invest, it's not necessarily because of what's happening today, but because of where you see things headed over the long term. And that's an, a really incredibly important for those saving for retirement. So as the person who is responsible uh, for all of Voya Investment Management's target date suite, what are some of the key things you're considering as you think about asset allocation and the long-term view? Well, that, that, that's exactly right, Heather. We're thinking about building portfolios that are going to last and deliver good returns over 40 years, not, not, not four months, right? And so that raises a, a different set of questions. Now, fortunately, over the past 10 years, we've had phenomenal markets. We've really been blessed with, with great markets, particularly in the United States, which has really helped participants build their nest egg. You know, I was just looking this morning, the S&P 500 has been up 14.5% a year for the last 10 years, each year as of this morning, which is phenomenal, phenomenal returns and have really helped our participants, you know, save for retirement. Unfortunately, it's, it's not likely that we see those same returns over the next 10 years. We're probably going to be looking at about half of that, 6 to 7%. And, you know, not to get too technical, but some of the reasons why we've had such great returns is one, interest rates had been quite low. So, the competition for equities was very poor. In other words, when you're getting zero to 1% on a treasury note, equities look great and people bought a lot of equities. And that's unlikely to continue because as we know, the Federal Reserve is raising rates. And also US companies particularly have just shown the ability to grow their profit margins phenomenally. So companies are uh, the most profitable they've ever been. And that tree can't grow to the sky. And it's, it's not fair if it does because the, the workers have been suffering a little bit as, as a result of these profit margins rising. And we need to think more about our workers and give some of those profits back to the workers. So uh, we just don't see the, the equity market returning, you know, that type of return going forward. So six to 7% equity market returns over the next 10 to 15 years seems reasonable, which is still a pretty good rate. And we'll beat inflation, particularly if the Fed gets inflation back to two or 3%. On the positive side, though, is with interest rates higher, bonds look a little more attractive. So, you know, a year ago, we were looking at almost no interest in savings accounts and very low interest in bond funds. And that's, that's reversing. So those funds look a little bit more attractive. So when you put it all together with equities looking a little less attractive and bonds looking a little more attractive, you know, over the next 10 to 15 years, you'll see us be 
somewhat more conservative, meaning we'll have fewer equities, all else being equal, and more bonds, which is not a bad thing. Uh, I think we'll have, you know, the bond market having higher yields lets us build portfolios that are a little less volatile that still have the same return. So that's, that's a good thing. But that's only part of the equation, right? So, so we're talking about the markets, but also it's really important to think about active management as kind of the icing on the cake to the portfolio. So with good portfolio managers, uh, it's possible to add value through active management above what you get in the markets. You know, as, as expected returns go down, that's even more important because if you're getting 14% on the S&P 500, an active manager who gets you 1% gets you 15%, which is very nice, but it's not that big a difference. But if you're at 6% on the S&P 500, an active manager gets you seven. That's, that's, really, that's a really nice addition to return. We really believe in active management, both in stocks and bonds. So we do that. We selectively uh, allocate to active managers. And also in a low return environment, fees become very important. So making sure that you know, we're only paying for active management, where we're confident we're going to get added value. And that's why we believe in this idea of a blended approach to target date, where we use both active managers and passive managers and only allocate to active managers when we're really confident that we're going to get additional returns for the fees paid. And when we're not, we'll go passive. And that blend of active and passive, I think, is going to be even more important going forward in a lower return world. That's really interesting. And like you said, we've just been on this 10-year wave. And you mentioned that we've been blessed and we've been able to go ahead and build up a nice nest egg during that last 10 years. Well, what we're hearing now is a lot of our customers are talking about, okay, that was my accumulation phase, but now I really need to start thinking about sort of an income phase. Like, how do I generate income from this nest egg? And I've had several conversations to say, gosh, I've saved all my life and here I am at this magical moment and I have to make a decision on what to do with probably the single largest sum of money. How do I do that properly and not run out? And so we get a lot of these questions, a lot of dialogue out in the market. So I guess what kind of income solutions are available to plan sponsors that can really help meet their retirees' needs throughout the, well, this volatile uh, market and going forward and while they're in retirement? Yeah, that, that's, that's a really, that is the big question, right? Um, I, myself, I'm getting older. I'm getting you know, nearer to retirement. I'm thinking about those things. And uh, it, is, it is a daunting question. And just to digress for one minute, Bill, you know, I think one of the reasons why target date funds have been successful is they really helped overwhelm participants answer those questions in the accumulation phase, right? So if you think about, you know, participants, we all, you know, many of us, myself, I grew up with a DB plan when I first started working. And of course, now we're all, we have DC plans and, and participants were, just, were faced with these questions of asset allocation and manager selection. And they were not, you know, trained to do this. Most of us were not trained to do this. And I, as an investment professional, have gotten confused myself sometimes. So target date funds came along and helped everyone with what we called embedded advice in these, in these target date funds. And if you, you behaved well and saved the right amount, and we had some very fortunate capital market returns, you've been, participants are in a great shape right now. And now we're facing, as you say, even a bigger question, right? So I have this nest egg and I, I know I need this money to last for the rest of my life. I don't want to run out, but at the same time, I don't want to leave a, lead a more frugal lifestyle than I need to, right? I want to enjoy my retirement. I've worked hard to get here. So I do think that we're seeing a number of solutions come to the marketplace, which is great. And what's really interesting is that technology is, is a bigger and bigger part of these solutions. We started target date funds you know, 20 years ago, and they really became popular in 2006 with the Pension Protection Act. There weren't smartphones. We didn't, an app, no one heard of an app. You know, fintech was, you know, no one had heard of fintech. Maybe it didn't even exist. 
But fortunately, we're in a world where we have smartphones and these wonderful uh, financial uh, technology solutions, and we're seeing what we call advice engines spring up, and we're working on them very closely here at Voya, as you know, that will help people with an app or a computerized um, a desktop application help make these decisions, but you still need products to invest in once these, once these apps help you. And so we're seeing, a, you know, we're seeing the market go a couple different ways with, with different solutions. One is this um, idea of an intelligent withdrawal product there that um, is a portfolio that's designed to be invested in to basically simulate a paycheck so that using this intelligent withdrawal app, you can work with your financial advisor or with your record keeper, or with Voya, and um, you know, have your specific situation entered into this app and it will guide you as to how much money you need to put into this intelligent withdrawal uh, portfolio and how much money you could take out each month. And that's, uh, that's potentially a really good solution. And of course, another uh, very, very positive solution or one that's come along is the idea of uh, annuity and combining annuities with these intelligent withdrawals and this idea of a QLAC, which is a, a fancy term for a a withdrawal, um, an annuity uh, in a retirement program uh, can all come together to make sure that people can really have a good idea as to how much money they could spend and not run out of money as they age. Yeah. And I guess, you know, when you think about it, you go back and forth to say, well, one of them, there's a technology that can help me just sort of determine I have, I have my individual situation. I have this pot of money. You can start taking this much out. Or like you said, in the other one, you can put some insurance components through annuities that have some guarantees. But with that, you have maybe additional fees or some portability issues, and there's some complexity to all of those. And yet we also talked about trying to simplify it for the retirees to where it really just makes it simple. Like you said, you know, target dates are sort of asset allocation on autopilot you know, with certain inputs. And I guess maybe just going back and forth, like where would one, like a guaranteed income product annuity be more appropriate versus this app-based uh, spend down strategy? Yeah, so I think it, it really, you know, to your point, it really does now get down to individual advice, which is great. So we now have the ability with these, with these apps to give each person advice to their specific situation. And one of those factors is risk, right? How, how risk tolerant is that individual? So an annuity is great because there's basically no risk in terms of running out of money. You know exactly what you're going to get every month or every quarter or every year for the rest of your life, no matter what the financial markets do. So uh, take this year to date, for instance, we talked about the bond market being down over 8%, the equity market's down. For those in an annuity, doesn't matter to them, right? They're getting their monthly paycheck. But at the same time, there's, there's limited upside because you get exactly what the annuity is going to give you. Then when you think about intelligent withdrawal, there's, there's, uh, there, there's some stock market exposure, which in a quarter like, you know, in the year to date like we've had could be a little bit of a nail biter for some. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the past 10 years, if, if there had been an intelligent withdrawal product with an equity market allocation, that would have done fantastically well and your retirement income would have grown every year as the equity market went up. So I really think it depends on this individual advice and each individual's specific circumstances as to what's right for them. And I do think actually that as we start to solve the portability issues and annuities and things of that nature, a combination of the two will be right for many people that you, you know, you put your one, one theory is you, you put your uh, fixed expenses in the annuity. So now you're going to make your monthly nut and you put your, uh, the rest of it into intelligent withdrawal and you try and get some gains and, and even enjoy your retirement even more with additional uh, monthly funds. You know, for our listeners, this is what we love. We, we go to bars and some people may talk about sports, but we talk about, you know, <laughs> do we go guaranteed income or do we have intelligent withdrawals? So Paul, one last question for me is, 
What are you hearing in this debate as we you know, have our cocktail hour and debate which one? What are you hearing from um, consultants and plan advisors? I know you talk to a lot of fiduciaries out there. What are you hearing? Is they're kind of, are they leaning one way or the other? Or is there other questions we should consider? Yeah, I think I think the jury's still out as to which one will dominate. You know, there, as you talked about, we talked about there's benefits to both. One thing that is absolutely clear is that uh, everyone is looking into technology to help. So we are in a fortunate time where there's a lot of great technology out there that could be built to help participants get advice through their phone or their, their desktop. So, so that's pretty clear. I think what's also very clear is that everyone agrees that we need a solution, that you know, we know everyone's getting older. We know that there's a huge pot of money that people have saved up with target date and that people feel that you know, that advice they got in target date was good advice. And they want that same level or more advice and uh, equal success as they start to spend that money. So I think there's a lot of consensus in that something's needed. There's a lot of consensus in that individual advice through some type of technology approach is, is also expected as, as we go forward. But the jury's still out as to whether one will dominate the other, intelligent withdrawal or an annuity. In my opinion, I think a combination of the two can, be, can make a lot of sense for a lot of people. Paul, I'm going to switch from the advisor and consultant in our, uh, now that Bill has us sitting in a bar together talking about cool uh, retirement topics that we all enjoy, you know, considering everything we've talked about and, and again, I'm going to shift it kind of to the lens of, of employers helping plan participants. You know, we know that Voy Investment Management is forecasting lower returns for equities and most risky assets for the next 10 years ahead. So you know, how can employers help their plan participants, specifically those that are facing retirement in the next five to 10 years, really prepare themselves for this transition? It may go to some of the things you talked about of blended strategies, but also some of the drawdown tools, but just love your thoughts around best guidance for employers helping plan participants. Sure. No, happy to address that. So I, I like to think of that uh, question is two parts, Heather. The first one is is the time leading up to retirement, and then and then the post retirement income income phase. So I think it's really critical right now for for plan sponsors to really think and understand and and make sure they're comfortable with the stock bond mix they have leading up to retirement. When we look at at the target date world, we see ranges of of uh, equity allocations and you know near retirement anywhere from say fifteen to sixty percent. In our view, sixty percent pretty high, but it wasn't a bad number when equities are going up 14% a year. But we really don't think that's going to happen anymore, right? So getting the right stock bond mix in those critical last 10 years before retirement to make sure that we don't have a deep drawdown of somebody's portfolio is, is really, really critical. And, and plan sponsors should really make sure they know what those numbers are, you know, what is the stock bond mix, and what's kind of a, a worst case scenario that could happen for their participants uh, if the equity market sold off. So that's kind of the up to uh, retirement. And also, of course, we want participants to stay invested. So having a portfolio that's not too risky, that won't have a too big a drawdown, that won't knock them out of the target date program, likely at the worst possible time, right, when the market's already sold off, is really, really critical. So, so to the plan sponsor, just make sure you understand how much risk am I really taking now that markets are going to be two-way, not just one way and up. And then, of course, in retirement, then it's all about retirement income and making sure that plant sponsors have good choices for their participants, understand those choices. And again, not to harp on it too much, but embrace technology because it's out there and it can really help the participants make the right decisions. 
Well, thank you. This has just been just really a fantastic conversation. I know I learn every time we do one of these podcasts and this, this one is certainly uh, no different. And as somebody who's kind of in that age bracket, starting to think about, you know, retirement on the horizon uh, and, and kind of given the current uh, market conditions are just really, really fabulous. So thank you so much for uh, joining Bill and me today. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure. Hey, Paul, I also, I want to echo Heather's thanks and I really appreciate your time. And I, I also want to thank all of our listeners and don't forget if you've enjoyed today's conversation, please follow and subscribe so that you'll be the first to know when a new episode drops every other Tuesday. We'd also love to hear your thoughts. So head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks again for joining us today. Stay well. This information is provided by Voyeur for your education only. Neither Voyeur nor its representatives offer tax or legal advice. Any opinions expressed within do not necessarily reflect those of the Voyeur family of companies or its representatives and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Please consult your tax or legal advisor before making a tax-related investment or insurance decision. Products and services offered through the Voya family of companies.